Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield, and this is the Zwiftcast coming up on this episode. Peak Zwift! Yes, it's that time of year. Will last year's all-time high of close to 50,000 Zwifters be beaten? Spotted in the wild, well, leaked by Zwift, actually. First look at the new Zwift bike coming in summer. It's really, really interesting. Not least because it looks like a real-life Trom bike. Hmm. And a new home screen, but not for everybody. Well, not yet. Plus, clubs expands massively and meet the dude who got a Tron in a week. Hint... It wasn't me. Well, my friends, the world has orbited the sun once again. The Earth has spun on its axis 365 times. It's 2022 and we're still here talking nonsense about a silly cycling game. A belated Happy New Year to all the lovely listeners. You'll be pleased to know that despite another year passing by, the Zwiftcast lineup remains reassuringly the same. And a new year though it is, my old friends are back. The scourge of dodgy power meters and everyone's favourite Australian, Shane Miller is here. G'day, mate. Um, saving up for the IRL Tron bike, are we? I mean, yeah, let's just get this out of the way now. <laughs> here is where you can take the mic, okay? <laughs> hang on, hang on. I've got, just got something to take care of. Just, just one sec, Simon. Uh, Novak, no, Novak, no, no, no. Get out. You're not welcome, mate. Just, just the jabs, mate. Just. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm multitasking here. I'm, I'm border protection and uh, and yeah, trying to uh, get my kilometres in. Uh, tough times here in Australia with these unvaccinated. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, look, in real life, Tron bike, Simon. Like, can you it's, get well, it in real know. life, Tron bike? If you don't have the virtual Tron bike, is that a requirement? <laughs> we have to dig into the details. We have to discuss the best, oppor- best opportunity to get one. And the voice of Zwift gearing up for another big race season as Zwift Racing League kicks off. Stuttered a bit, actually, but it, but, but it did kick off once more. Nathan Garris here. Yo, dude, how's it going? Yeah, big day of broadcasting yesterday, and it is, well, it's been negative Fahrenheit here. So one degree, two, I think that's like, isn't that like negative 30 Something along those lines. Yeah, minus a lot. So it's been a little cold. I got out on the skis a little bit for some weird reason, and uh, been swifting a little bit too. So, but yeah, lots of broadcasting going on. That's for sure. Yeah, I bet, and lots to come. Lots to come as we hit the real peak, I think, of uh, the indoor season. And we're going to explore the real life Tron bike in depth a little later. But if there's one thing we like here on the Zwiftcast. It's consistency. And every year in the second week of January, we do peak Zwift. Now, for new listeners, there might be a few, let me explain. The number of concurrent users on the platform is just about the only publicly available information about how popular and therefore successful our favourite cycling game is. In common with just about every other tech company, well, the ones which are not quoted on the public markets at least, Zwift jealously guards the number of subscribers it has. So, Peak Zwift is about as close as we get to gauging success. And the second week of January is generally when we get most Swifters on at once as people vow to get fit after the excesses of Christmas. So that's why we care. Now, the pandemic has changed things and we did see an enormous surge in March 2020 
as the world locked down. But the January peak Zwift is still important. So with that background out of the way, let's get on with it. Now, prepare to take notes because here come the baseline numbers. About this time last year, there was a little over 49,000 concurrent Zwifters. For comparison purposes, what we'll call the pandemic peak in April 2020, in the first great lockdown, the numbers were about 35,000. And for historical purposes, before the pandemic hit in January 2020, the peak Zwift figure was 16,500. So, drum roll. On Tuesday night, the traditional peak Zwift uh, peak time, uh, we hit a figure of 42,391. So that is some uh, quick maths here. That is about just under 7,000 less than last year. Now, Shane, there could be another peak swift. We may have another, uh, another, another peak Tuesday, I think possibly next week. But, but clearly that figure is directional. Um, down a little on an all-time high in extraordinary circumstances, I think they're going to be not unhappy about that. Yeah, oh, I've always wondered what are the numbers going to be like across the board in all indoor cycling once this COVID thing is behind us? Are people going to associate indoors with, ah, oh, that's what I did when I was locked down. I don't like it. Yeah. I want to go outdoors. So those numbers aren't too bad. So at the smaller level, like at the, the smaller time frame level, it looks like there's a decrease. At the bigger level, that's a massive increase still. Um, so COVID's put a spanner in the works. What's interesting is the, uh, the usage of, over the day, so over a 24-hour period, these spikes go very, very high during the week. But on the weekend, the usage is a lot broader. So I've got a little robot that sort of looks at these numbers as well. And uh, it's Saturdays and Sundays, they don't peak as high, but there's a broader time frame of people zwifting. I mean, this is just common sense anyway. People have more times on the weekend or more time on the weekend to jump on. Um, but I think the stats that I'm showing here, now this is just raw numbers that I'm looking at, um, give or take, a grain of salt, etc. Um, for the last eight days, I believe they've topped over 30K um, concurrent users. Over the last, sorry, seven of the last eight days have topped over wow. that number. So it's a massive spike in the first week of January. Now, you mentioned we may not have hit peak Swift just yet because we have uh, the Tour de Zwift is on. There's a few other things happening next week. So next Tuesday night, UK time, around 6 p.m., I think. Um, my eyes will be locked on the companion app looking at those numbers. I think we might. It's going to be either equal to or above. It definitely won't be under, though. So next week, all eyes on next week. should be very interesting. Okay. But all right. So you're, you're, gonna, you're billing next week. You've looked at the data much more closely than I have. You've got a nice little <laughs> track running, I think. Uh, <laughs> next week, next week, you think it'll be Pigs with. So we should, we should play the Pigs with game in that case. There we go. Uh, you're your guess in that case, uh, Shane Miller, let's have it. Uh, I always like the, the repetitive numbers. Let's go 44444. <laughs> Why not? Okay. You went under. You said under. No, 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 let's over last week or this week. Oh, over last week, okay. but under the old time. Okay, right. I'm in the, the future too, remember. Okay. I'm in the future, so I, I might have a little bit of insight for this. I'm in Australia. <laughs> it's already like February here, so I... <laughs> Actually, not that far. Away. <laughs> it probably is. Nathan, um, before we move on to your your number, uh, uh, directionally, you know, the strategic overview of Pig Swift, which we like to do here. Um, 
it, it's it, it's all very well winning customers actually, and and in the pandemic that was a much much easier thing for Zwift to do for lots of obvious reasons. It's all very well winning customers. It's a bit of a harder trick to pull off to keep them, and it looks like Zwift have succeeded in doing that, and it, that looks to me to be a cause for some rejoicing. I would imagine at uh, at Long Beach. I would think so, definitely. And this comes down to what else am I going to do, though? Like, if I personally, like, huh, it's, I just said, it's negative, whatever, degrees Fahrenheit. I walk outside, my face literally freezes. I could get a fat bike and do all that. And I've got some skis and I've done that. But there's just some days that I don't want to do 50 loads of laundry. And I don't want to, like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to freeze. I don't want, you know... I literally have frostbite from so many years of trying to do this on my bike. So there's just, there isn't, and, and what's more entertaining. I literally saw somebody hanging out on, um, it was an Armstrong bike with some sort of game. I don't know what it was at the gym tonight. And it looked really not entertaining to be honest. It looked like mm. this person was just suffering, sweating with no fans on no nice setup or anything. And all alone, really, in a PVE experience, player versus environment experience, and there was nobody else hanging out with them. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's easier to hold people where there isn't really anywhere else to go. It's the most interactive fitness experience you can get unless you like somebody yelling at you like a spin class. So, <laughs> yeah, no, but also, you know, I mean, the thing is, it's an expensive habit to acquire, is waived. You know, True, you big investments, so you're there. Like point yeah. of purchase, right? Whenever yeah. I talk yeah. to somebody that wants to quit something, I say, just don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you don't buy it, that's when you commit it. It happens at the point of purchase. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Once it's there, it's like, well, I'm going to go do this thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Shane went 4444. That's right, isn't it? 44,444. Let's have your number, please, Nathan. Bah. You know, I always am like, I have this like roll high thing. I always want to like go for the high <laughs> roller and like take the big risk and know it's going to pay off. But this time around, I'm going to, I want to, I actually like I'm in it for the win now. So let's go for <laughs> 47,322. 47, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, I, uh, I'm going to be Mr. I'm going to be Mr. Optimistic on this one, and I'm going to go for fifty thousand and fifty Swifters. Uh, I think there's a chance we might break the fifty thousand barrier, so we've got to have a bid in around that area, and that's mine. All right. Well, uh, as I said, um, Peak Swift is it's kind of the only public information we have because generally Swift don't well not and specifically, they don't talk about the number of subscribers. But actually, Chief Marketing Officer Steve Beckett, old friend of all three of us, old friend of the podcast, uh, he let slip a bit of a tasty morsel in a Q&A session at CES, the giant consumer electronics show in Las Vegas. Listen carefully to this. In the context of where we are now as a software business, the, the headroom is quite extraordinary. If, you, if we think about the people who are Zwifters, and we look at what the indicators of being a Zwifter are in terms of age, income, bike ownership, uh, participation of cycling. If we look at those indicators and we screen those indicators versus a nationally representative audience, which we've done in nine countries around the world, and we gross that number up, we get to just under 100 million 
people in the world who are just like our current audience now. If you think we're single-figure millions of customers and we're talking about a town of 100 million, we're still in that early adopter phase. Well, now, isn't that interesting? The total addressable market there says 100 million. Uh, Eric Min always used to quote 400 million, but that was a few years ago, and maybe these are more recent calculations based on better data. And we have, quote, single figures, millions of customers. Hmm. Now, that could be anything from 2 million to 9 million and we don't know how Steve is defining customers, accounts created or paying subscribers. There's a big difference there. However, it um, Steve's, I was going to call it an indiscretion. I don't think it's an indiscretion, actually, but but he said more than, 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 than is often said in public. It does give us an opportunity to ask the question, uh, for which... <laughs> It's a bit of a pointless question because we don't know the answer. But, you know, we like a bit of speculation here. Shane, do we think Zwift has broken the magic million of subscribers? Not accounts created, subscribers. There's a million ways to carve this up. Is that current paying subscribers? Yeah. Or... Accounts that have subscribed and paid at one point. I think yeah. accounts that have subscribed and paid at one point. Um, I'd yep, I'd go over a million. I'd hope so. Um, it, it's still very seasonal. Without this yearly um, yearly subscriber plan um, subscription plan that everyone wants. Hint hint, everyone. Um, ah, difficult to know. Um, as for accounts created. No question about it, over a million. If you just jump oh, yeah, in yeah, and yeah. companion I mean, app I, and you I search for that publicly, publicly. It's a bit of a fun game. You, you search for a random yeah. name in the companion app. If, you, if I search for how many Shea Millers there are, there's heaps. Um, but then you see how many people have actually have an account and have, who have ridden. That's another one. Now, the trick on Zwift is you can't download Zwift until you create an account. So you've actually just mm. downloaded the XE to pull it onto your computer, talking on the Windows side of things, or on the Mac. You've actually got to register an account to download the binaries to actually put on your computer. Yeah, so whether these people point. have ridden or not. So again, long-winded way of saying, I think so, but I'm not quite sure that would be current paying subscribers. Mm, mm, mm. And, you know, like I say, it's a bit of a silly question, really, because because we we can't know and they ain't nobody going to tell us. Um, but I think they probably have, Nathan, now, I think if, you know, if they've refined the addressable market to 100 million, and as I say, that's probably based now on some pretty good data, have they successfully sold the products into 1% of that market? I think they probably have. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, with the growth that we've seen, what was it, 16,000 peak Swift, you said was, and that was pre-pandemic Yeah, two years yeah. ago, right? Yeah, let, let me see, that was so then 16,000, January 2020, so two years. I mean, that's, two, yeah, two years. two years ago, and now we're at 48-ish, yeah. right? That's triple, and I think around that time, the guesses were half, a million and we're triple. So I think they're over. And I think the reason why Steve is uh, even talking like this, I don't think he was just talking to the people at CES from the way it was said. Yeah. I think there was like a, there's a current conversation. I think you picked up on there. <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah, I would definitely say that it would just make sense with the current peak numbers uh, that it's bumped over a million and their aims are at the double of that at this point in um 
And you know how optimistic Eric always is. So he's like, let's go. Where's that 2 million? Come on yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll never know, but it's fun. It's fun speculating. And, and, and the, I mean, the other thing Steve said was that, you know, that it's still, it's still, a, it, we're in the early adoption phase, which I, I mean, we were early adopters five years ago. So I, I, six? I still think, was it yeah, six? six. I mean, I I'm, I've lost think, count. It was that long ago. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but, but I mean, you know, I guess you are an early adopter if you've if you've not if you don't swift. I guess that's one way of looking at it. And there's lots of people who still don't, and they think that they can find them. Um, well, no doubt, return to it next January. But interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Uh, listeners, do post your Zwift uh, Peak sightings on Zwiftcast. Listeners, always good to have lots of spies out in the field. So if you see some big numbers, let's uh, let's see them next Tuesday. Okay, let's move on. And we're moving on to a subject close to all of our hearts and mine, especially. Literally, for years, we've been talking about the Zwift bike, Zwift's very own hardware. And finally, finally, we've seen it, or at least we think we have. Uh, well, actually, we're fairly certain, but it was revealed in a somewhat weird way, uh, as a certain tech blogger noted. DCRamRaker.com here, and today we've got something pretty interesting. We've got Zwift's own leak of Zwift's own upcoming smart bike and smart trainer. And more on, on how it was revealed later. I know Shane is keen to comment on this, and he's got some, uh, some very interesting things to say about it. But more importantly, just for now, it looks like a real-life Tron bike, which I could buy with money instead of sweat. You have to earn the Tron bike, is Simon. The, you know that. You know that. Is that this, is, is, this is where we need to bring out the freaking hackers meme. Like, this is, like, this is what? I feel like I'm talking to my little brother that would put the cheat codes in when we were playing video games all the time to, like, beat all the levels. I'd be like, dude, you don't play. No. No. I, I literally nicknamed him Cheat Code. That was his name because of these things. Like, you get a new nickname now, Simon. If you buy that bike, I'm sending you something that's got Cheat Code on it. <laughs> I, I, listen, I don't mind. I don't care. I think it's good way. I, I think a few uh, a few quid's good way of me me getting a, getting a Tron bike and a real one at that. Let's get down to brass tacks. What is it, and what are the features? I mean, this is kind of big deal territory. So we're going to go through it step by step, with us voting each feature hit or miss after Ray has introduced it. What a fun. Now there are two products here. The first one is called the Zwift Wheel. Very similar to a Tax Neo Series trainer. Zwift is saying it attaches to your own bike, any bike, uh, and then you go ahead and you have full smart trainer control. Uh, a wireless game controller for your bike's handlebars for steering, braking, and other game controls. So now if you look at a smart bike, and the smart bike is called a Zwift Ride, uh, what you see there is that same wheel behind the scenes, but now with just a bike frame atop it. So normally, like if you buy a Kicker, uh, Wahoo Kicker trainer, you can't upgrade that to the bike because they're two totally different pieces of hardware. But here you can. Okay, so what we have here is an industry first. I believe so. Anyway, Shane will tell us if it's right or not. It's a smart trainer that's upgradable to a full smart bike. At the risk of overusing the word smart, Shane, that's pretty uh, smart. 
it's a game-changing design. I've got to say, when I first saw it, which was a really weird way of seeing it, which was in my inbox that someone's like, have you seen this? What's this going on? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that, it, was that the announcement? That's kind of awkward. Um, is it speculation? Is it Anyhow, that aside, uh, yeah, look, the design, uh, which is all we know at the moment, is the physical attributes. We don't know the technical side. For me, smart has to be on the tech side. It has to have IP connectivity, network connectivity. It has to be a connection hub. It has to do this, this, this. It has to have... Uh, you know, the gear changing. I need to know all of those details. I have more, so many more questions than what's out there. I know. Um, no, know no, it. no. But we're just going to confine this discussion to this modular idea. That oh, is the modular smart, idea. That is, that's a really clever idea. It is. I need to know more. I need to know more. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a really good design. Why they weren't shouting this from the stage at CES was a game-changing design like Steve Jobs yeah. and his turtleneck sweaters. Why did it come out like a little stain on someone's pant after going to the toilet and someone noticing yeah. it? Yeah. We'll <sighs> talk about that. We'll talk about that later. But, but, yeah. uh, uh, plowing through your, 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 your thirst and appetite for... <laughs> Knowing much more. If I could just confine you to the idea of the modular design, you like that. Nathan, uh, I, I like it. Do you like it? <laughs> I love how you're like, you like that. Just to say. <laughs> I do. I do like it. Yes. Okay. I think it's a good idea. I, I think it's amazing. I really think it's cool, especially when um, I get asked how to get into Zwift and you tell people, okay, you can get this kind of thing, this kind of thing, but you can say, hey, there's this one bike that you can do all the things with it. So... Um, you know, I, I really like the idea of being able to, uh, grab a rear, the, the <laughs> grab the, uh, trainer first and then be able to add the bike setup later is pretty cool. Um, and the look of it, I mean, if it does light up like a Tron bike, that's pretty freaking amazing. So yeah, yeah, no, it is. We'll get onto that later. I, mean, I, 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 you can hear me listen to the car. You trying to impose some order on this discussion, and these two keep <laughs> we're off the rails. We're off, off the rails. The modular is great. Everything about that is is really awesome. Like all of the different be- ability to. I add want better on, connectivity. I want better connectivity. Little by little. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I'm struggling hard here, fellas. Uh, <laughs> the modular concept, I think we all three of us can, can decide that that is a hit. Okay, next. Bikes and trainers are big, fat space hoggers, and not everybody has the room required. And Swift has thought about that. The next thing that was also super interesting was that this entire bike is able to rotate vertically uh, to go ahead and reduce storage space. So if you go to a tight apartment, you can now reduce this whole thing straight up uh, and then gain a little bit of storage space in front of it, which uh, is something we have not seen in any of the smart bikes today, but it is actually pretty common in a number of treadmills. Such an obvious idea. It's just one of those ideas. It's so damn obvious. You think, well, why has nobody done that already? Uh, in my book, that's a hit. Shane, vertical storage. Don't start going on about resistance <laughs> levels a vertical storage yes or no who doesn't have a Zwift space at home? Like, who doesn't have a room dedicated to you Zwift? You live in Australia. You live in like five and a half, five million square miles in one postcard. Like, if in the viewers can see, I can walk out the door and watch me lug this bike in right now, <laughs> place it in front exactly. of here, and then yeah. watch me lug it out to do broadcasts every <laughs> single time through that door that you only you two can see right now. I mean, it is, yes. Thank you. Good idea. Make sure I can just roll Excellent. it up against the wall. I um, agree I'm, with you, Nathan. I'm in the I middle. Look, we have a heap of space here in Australia, not for some tennis players, but we have some you, we, uh, excess he space just here likes for sure. Lives. He just wants Vertical storage. Weights. Vertical yeah. storage. Nah. That is a hit. It's a hit from all three of us. Okay, <laughs> next. 
<laughs> oh, God, this is hard work. <laughs> Next, uh, the Z-Cog or Z-Cog, a single cog and virtual shifting. Uh, let's get Ray to explain it for us. Then we get to probably the most interesting bit here, right? uh, something called Z-Cog. Uh, and this is something where they say it's a so-called single cog design uh, that then allows you to go ahead and mount any bike to it and do virtual shifting. You're not actually changing anything mechanically in the back. When you press those buttons, it changes software algorithms that simulate different gearing setups. And that, but if you're allowed to, given this is a smart trainer, place your own bike onto it, you're going to have that rear derailleur in the back of your bike, and it's going to be expecting to go on a cassette. So how they handle this is something I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more details about. Okay, Shane, you can plunge into a rabbit hole here with this one. <laughs> uh, and I think you're just going to say, uh, you know, how the, how the hell is this going to work? <laughs> which is probably a very good question. But, but how will this work? I mean, if there's a moving derailleur, which there is... And only one cog, you know, how's that going to work? But I, I, I guess they have thought about that. Um, uh, I'm now a month into my kicker bike, and I have to say I absolutely love virtual shifting. It's fantastic. It's fast. It's accurate. You don't worry about dropping chains. It's just brilliant. Uh, and if this works, this said cog, uh, Z-cog, Shane, looks like, again, um, real innovation. <sighs> Oh, sorry. It's been done before. I've just put me to sleep there. It, it, it's <laughs> been done. Been every, done every, every smart bike already has this. Uh, look, for a wheel and for a modular wheel that you put onto an existing bike, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they solve this one. Um, but as I said, it has been done before, and that's exactly how all the good smart bikes work. And they work very well with this virtual gearing. There's, it, It's fascinating how no, it does No, the virtual gearing has been done, but the single physical cog... They're also single physical cogs too on these virtual bikes, oh, on no, these okay. smart bikes. Yeah, so it's just one chain wheel and one, so they don't. Nothing changes inside. It's all virtualized. Uh, the Neo, mm. effect, the Neo bike is effectively a Neo with this and a bike built around it. So it's pretty cool tech. However, the interesting part again, I need to know more info. How would you use this with an existing bike that has a rear derailleur that can move? How do you lock that out if that's what they're looking at doing? How do mm. you put a, a shifting system, a modular shifting system? It has to be wireless onto an existing bike that you don't get confused with and go to click the same buttons or there's a few things to solve here um the overall bike has this solved because that's the bike that you jump on but the wheel as the modular part uh, yeah there's yeah. some interesting things they're going to have to solve with this yeah no i agree with that nathan uh, do you ride virtual shifting no i've never uh i don't know if i ever have maybe once right but, uh, no i haven't and i really like the idea of not having to clean anything <laughs> yeah, well, as a, as, as a new yeah, to, to virtual shifting, I, I must say I really, really like it. Shane, would it, would it be your first choice now? Yeah, look, I, I love it. I think I said it either on the Kicker Bike Review or the Stages Bike Review. You mm -hmm. can shift under load. So if you yeah. want to go from virtual small ring to virtual oh, big ring, if you're attacking point. in a race, yeah. you can just go whack and change any gear at any point in time. If you're on a real bike, changing from little ring to big ring, no matter what group set you have, even if it's the Shimano Di2, which changes the front chain ring beautifully, even yeah, under load, you still yeah. have to make sure it doesn't throw the chain either way. Virtual shifting is better than physical shifting on a bike that I found, especially for e-racing and attacking and yeah. things like that. You just don't have I mean, to I think. I lost and the you're race never to throwing a chain uh, this there week. You go. Like, yep. I mean, the chain threw because it was moving around here and there. Wham, 
and game over. So, but the compatibility of the ZCOG, if it's going to work with existing drivetrains, now we're talking there's 12 speed, 10 speed, 11 yeah, speed, yeah, yeah. 9 yeah, speed, yeah. 13 speed now. And we have different chains as well with different roller sizes with uh, SRAM Axis versus Eagle versus there's a lot to get involved with here. So, it needs to be a modular option. Um, sort of like when you buy a set of wheels, you know, what rear hub do you want? You get to choose. When you buy a smart trainer, you don't get to choose. You've got to get the Shimano free hub and then switch it over. And it's a bit of a pain. So there's mm. a few things to solve here. Hopefully the shipping of this the logistics will come with a little sort of box to the side where you can say, my bike is this, it's a through axle with SRAM or it's a through axle with, um, you know, 12 speed Shimano and you get the components to, to build up and make it compatible. Oh, it's going to be interesting for compatibility, but uh, yeah, the virtual shifting, I'm all for it. It is great. Yeah, and it does look to be a truly innovative system. But as, as, as Shane rightly says, uh, there's many a, a slip twixt cup and lip uh, on on execution and delivery with, with something as potentially as innovative as this. So I think uh, my summary of that part of the discussion is, is, is uh, virtual shifting is a hit from all three of us, but the jury needs to remain out on whether their version of it, this version of it, um, is going to be as good as it Sounds like it might be. Um, we'll have to wait and see for that. Okay, last one. The aesthetics and design aspects. It's a real-life lighty-uppy Tron bike. Zwift has made a real-world Tron bike version of their popular virtual uh, Tron bike that you can lock in the game itself, which, you know, like, step back and go, someone sat at a table and said, you know what we should do? Let's make that thing real. And they did it. And it's cool. Uh, I think, like, visually, this is definitely... It's making a statement here. All right. It's a bit gimmicky, a real-life Tron bike. But you know what? It's very distinctive. It separates uh, the Zwift bike from the rest of the market. It's kind of an extension of the branding from in-game. It's just... It's it's gimmicky but cute. And it's very, very Zwift. Uh, I love the idea. Um, Nathan, you... I mean, I think it matches everything when you look at the Zwift setups that everyone's like, whoa, I want that. Like, it mm. kind of matches all of that. Like, all of the, for some reason, to me, at least maybe that's just my gamer mind, but it seems like having, you know, neon lights or like, you know, these awesome gaming looking type setups with in, Zwifting in the dark, you have your fans on. And then the the screen's on in front of you. It's like going to the movie theater and then your Tron bike is lighting up when you go hard too. I mean, that's, it, you know, it becomes a part of the whole experience. So I like the movie theater, turn the lights down experience of, um, of gaming. And I think that that goes right alongside with what Zwift is and all the really cool setups tend to look like that. And then if you want to actually not have a potato, your computer will look like that too. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we've got to hand it to them on this one, Shane. It's a, you know, whoever, like Ray said, whoever sat down and said, "Hey, we could do a real life Tron bike," and they have, uh, you know, give that man a biscuit or give that woman a biscuit because um, it's just a it's just a smart idea, isn't it? Yeah, on point, on brand, identifiable. It is Zwift. It is a Zwift bike. It won't be for everybody, but look, people will come around. It looks futuristic. Give me that any day. Yeah, it looks good. I love it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's another hit, I think. That's another three-way hit on that. Well done, Swift. Good idea. Okay, well, we will move on uh, right at the end of this discussion to how it was announced, because that was a bit bizarre. But before we did that, Steve Beckett, again at CES, had some really interesting things to say about how Swift hardware might work. So, again, listen carefully to this. 
by creating our own hardware, by um, marketing uh, with integrated messaging around Zwift hardware and Zwift software, probably with an integrated bundle like you get with a telco at telcos where it's, where it's one price per month. We can simplify all of that. And as we, as we, look, at, if we look at businesses like Peloton, and forgetting their audience, if you look at the proposition of simplicity of it because of the hardware. So Peloton, they'll market the experience like Zwift, Zwift, did, Zwift does. But when you come to Peloton, it's buy the bike, buy the bike, buy the bike. And Zwift really lacks that brutal simplicity that removes so much friction out of the funnel. It means turning up at the Tour de France in Brandon Broadcast Media and saying, this is Zwift, integrated software and hardware. You can get it for X, X per month. Zwift, come to Zwift.com, buy it to the home, get set up. Well, this will be a music to your ears, a melody, a, a symphony <laughs> in your eardrums, I would imagine, Shane, because uh, Zwift, uh, according to Steve, is basically going to be more like Peloton. One monthly price for software and hardware delivered to your home, set up, go. Easy. Just hit the buy button on Swift.com and then it all happens and you pay one monthly sum which covers the software and the purchase of the hardware to Swift. Super, super easy. Uh, and it has been, I mean, it's, it's what you've been saying for years. And to be fair to the HQ as well, I'm sure it's been a long held ambition of theirs. It's not... It's not an innovative idea, but 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 I think what Steve's saying is that pretty soon they will be in a position to to execute that, and I think good things will will come. Yep, absolutely. For a device that we buy that applies resistance, it removes friction. If that makes yeah. sense. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Look, it, it's it's the way things have to be. It has to be uh, like you go and buy an iPhone and you want to migrate to another iPhone next to it. It's just seamless. It, you know, you yeah. need that kind of customer experience. You buy something because that's what I want. Take it home and unbox it. I think, yeah, as I, I've said a million times now, my last count of the vendors in the Llama Lab, there's 27 vendors or so involved in hooking everything up. Reducing that to half, or even down to five vendors, or ideally down to one. That I—that's yeah. that—that's the vendor that I can call. That's the vendor that I purchase from. That's the vendor that I get support from. That's the vendor who's going to make it work and give me the entire experience. Fantastic. There's no handballing when things go wrong, and simplifying that too. So it's not just about providing everything you need. It's about consolidating the complexity and hiding that away. It's still going to be a very complex device. Doing this virtual shifting and doing uh, getting power accuracy right is very difficult. Um, and yeah, you know, providing that experience for everyone um, who agrees that it's a good experience because <laughs> what's good for one person might not be good for another. It's going to be tough to do. I think they can do it. And absolutely, this is the way to do it. Just package it, bake the cake and sell the cake. Don't sell the ingredients. Yeah. At the moment, yeah. it's the ingredients. Uh, very well put. Um, Nathan, the subscriptionization, that's a new word I just made up, the subscriptionization <laughs> of the world continues. I, I, let me, I, I'm just going to have a small rant here. Uh, I was on my iPad the other day and I had to do some, uh, I wanted to do some calculations because I am like literally enumerate. Uh, and so I wanted to multiply something by something and I only had my iPad to hand and I noticed that the iPad hasn't got a calculator on it, which is annoying. So uh, on the search thing, it was like install this calculator. So I thought I installed the calculator. I just wanted to make a calculation and I couldn't be bothered to go find my phone or a tape measure. Um, 
What's my point? I'd forgot. Oh, no, here's my point. Yeah, here's my point. So there's some crappy calculator from the App Store, and they said, would you like to subscribe to this? <laughs> to a calculator. Two ninety nine a month. I mean, how stupid do they think we are? Why would you subscribe to a calculator? Oh, God almighty, honestly. Uh, sometimes I do wonder about the way the world is going. Anyway, the subscriptionization of the world, Nathan, in, in reference to our game, our cycling game. One would assume that if you are paying the software charge and paying a hardware charge to buy the bike on, you know, what we used to call higher purchase, extended credit, whatever, Klarna, um, the cost is going to be significantly more than 15 bucks a month. I mean, you would, while guest, 60 50, 60, 70, don't know, but of that order. Do you think people will do that to get to get this bike? Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think so. Um I think that there's a pretty big um shock value right now to getting into Zwift. I have a lot of people who yeah. come by the broadcast, especially in my Twitch community that are like, Oh, I totally do this. Yeah. And they get kind of hyped up and excited. And then they look at what that costs as much as my whole, what, what? And you know, they, they go, Oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought I had to pay what I pay for all my other games, you know? So um, there's that community. Then there's also the, cycling community, which is kind of more used to this kind of price points. Um, but I think that that community is more used to just dropping the cash for the, for the purchase though, too. So, but there is, there is a, a, but I mean, that doesn't even matter. I don't think when it comes to culture, there's just a reality that people want to get into this. It makes it easier at this purchase point. You can pay a certain amount a month and bam, next thing you know, you got a really nice setup at your house. And I, I, I definitely think there's going to be some, um, what am I thinking here? You know, like hungry eyes after this and yeah, you, can, yes. you know, to go and, Oh, it only cost me 60 bucks a month. That's as much as, uh, you know, I buy my latte every day. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think it'd be too scary. That kind of number for people. Not when you, you get a big lump of lighty uppy plasticky bike. That's going to. Especially if it's fitness based. I mean, that's a gym membership. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I mean, for sure, based on what Steve was saying, there they are moving to to the Peloton model, which um, it's not a surprise, really. You would expect them to do that, I think. Uh, just a few other things we know about it before finally wrapping up on this. Um, we think it'll launch uh, July twenty two at Eurobike. Uh, launch and available, of course. There's often a very large gap between that, <laughs> and they might, you know, we might see we might see the the prototypes maybe at Eurobike, but. Available to buy in July, I think almost certainly not, Shane. Uh, uh, you agree? Uh, hard to make any prediction um, based yeah. on which ship is going to get stuck in the Suez Canal next week <laughs> or, or whatever could happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or lining up outside Long Beach, which I think is what mm-hmm. part of the world <laughs> Close to the home, that one. is yep. doing at the moment. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, the jury's out on that one as well, but I don't expect to be able to buy in July. I think I think next winter is, is much more likely. Shane, do you think they'll make it wired? Oh, good question. I want everything on the home network. I want it Wi-Fi or wired. I don't care. I just need it to talk IP. 
simple as that. Yeah. So if it's wired, that's great. I'm just going to straight plug in a wireless card to it or a wireless access point to make it wireless. Um, it should be both. I'd like to see 802.11, whatever it is, to be at 5 gig, um, like everything else. Get it away from 2.4, get it away from Ant Plus and Bluetooth. I really hope, though, it will have Ant Plus and Bluetooth open standard compatibility so it will work with other software platforms. I yeah, know yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the Zwift cast, yeah. but I, I really hope yeah. it – so Zwift can pivot to become – a game changer, a world changer for the indoor hardware side of things. There's a lot of people who don't use Swift who would look at this hardware and say, well, you know what? It's going to suit what I need physically for what I need. So mm. we'll see. Um, but yeah, back to the, will it be wired? Nobody has ethernet ports and don't at me anybody on this one. Nobody has ethernet Ooh. cables. We have wireless. So make it wireless. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but you know, something very reassuring about plugging a cable in that little snap when I... When Back I in 1998, there was, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my kicker reliably drops out three times a ride at the moment, which is, you know, it's annoying. It's, it's annoying. Um, no climb or riser element, Shane. Sorry to exclude you from this, Nathan, but it's, it's, it's very much Shane's territory, really. Um None of that. We've got lighty uppy, but I don't think we've got any uppy downy. I, I'm not bored. Uh, yeah, but again, again bored we still need more information. I don't think this this stops those from being there in the future. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming it, it's part of the game. I'd like to see more steering and more, especially the more mountain bike side of things. Repack Ridge is heaps of fun. Um, they've, that has to be on the roadmap. It has to be on the roadmap. Um, it's an existing product. They can't not have it. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. You would have thought so. Okay. Well, we are going to wrap up on this. I was spent a long time on it, but actually, you know, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Uh, just hold your horses one more second, um, Shane. We'll just get Nathan's view on this. And, and Nathan, what a way to announce it. I mean, the weirdest of weird ways. Uh, you know, clearly it was de deliberately leaked in this survey. And then when people like DC Rainmaker and Shane saw it, they no doubt went to HQ and said, is this for real? And HQ said, well, yeah, it is, yeah. But that, I mean, just odd. Like, so, if, you, if you've got something you're confident in, shout. You used two words there that I'm not even sure could be used. You said announcement and leaked. And like, I feel like this was just thrown in a survey by some people and it was like, well, people use this. And the whole idea was getting data and the idea of marketing or announcement or leak was not even there. Well, <laughs> like you, think it, you, you think it was, you think it was a, it's a straight mistake. I don't even know if mistake is the word. It was like, there was no purview like nobody was watching yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> that's what it feels what you like mean? you mean like, the intern got hold of a shot of this and thought it'd be really good if we put it no, in the i server. think it went in like there was a whole project going on about whether or not we could sell this bike and then like the people who should know about announcing this and all that kind of stuff just what was going on over wait what just happened that went out where <laughs> like, so that's how i feel like this that's what this looks like to me well i'd say you may know you may not be wrong there i mean where do things have happened I mean, it was because this is big like, i'm wishing yeah. like this is a big freaking deal like what why is this in a little survey like <laughs> yeah. yeah that's weird yeah, yeah no super weird shame <laughs> 
I know you've been restraining yourself. Off you go, my friend. Uh, I think we'll just rewind the podcast to a few minutes ago where I already sort of <laughs> half went down this path. Uh, look, they've missed an opportunity here. Let's just say oh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I've, I've actually said nothing on this. I haven't made a video. I haven't done a post or anything because I don't have enough detail. Um, I didn't want to you know, kick off with all this speculation and be incorrect. I'd like to have correct information. I'd actually like to ride the thing first too and then tell people about it. But, yeah, we're not quite there yet. I think it's just a missed opportunity. If you're going to change the world, this could be a revolutionary change, an iPhone-style change. Remember, as I said before, Steve Jobs up on stage, 2007, turtleneck sweater, brings out the iPhone. Everyone's like, oh, what? There's a few little leaks here and there, but that was a game changer. CES was the same damn week. Why wasn't Eric up on stage like <laughs> saying, we are going to change the world with this? Here's what's coming. doesn't matter when it's coming. Here's the concept. And everyone would have went, holy hell, the free publicity. I mean, they got an anyway you just leak something like that on the internet everyone's going to post it to cost them nothing for um the media to, to post all that out it's quite cheap they could have spent a little bit more time i guess doing it a different way i'm sure there's a lot of very very creative <laughs> people in zwift who are very sad at the moment they didn't get an opportunity to stretch their legs this wasn't a That's leg very stretch. restrained of you. To, yeah, to I'm disappointed. Could have spent a little more time but, doing it in and, a slightly and, and different way because I know you. I know you feel more strongly than that. I, I could have got. A, <laughs> do you know how many views I would have got on YouTube if I had a, you know, got this information and, or had it prior to the this kind of announcement yeah. kind of thing? I would have got. It's called revenue that I get from YouTube views anyway, but I've got to talk about companies trying to sue me to get decent revenue these days. Anyhow, <laughs> um, I think they've also missed the big bang. They, they could have gone with a big bang with this. Yeah. Now when the official information comes out, everyone's going to go, yeah, okay, cool. We kind of saw that over here and we saw that over here. But there's also now a splattering of information of what the bike is and what it does. So when the official line comes out, it's going to have to be super crisp, super clear, and they're going to have to be – here's uh, announce the announcement of being official. They're going to have to say, here's what we've done. Here's a close look and really focus on what it is because now there's this half information everywhere. Even we don't know what it's about and, and the, including in this podcast, we're not quite sure about how it's going to work. That's the information that's out there now. It's messy. Ah, yeah. I just want messy. the hardware. Yeah, messy the messy hardware. is a good word. Man, messy now is I'm a good like word. missing something in the future that is not going to be as surprising. It's like already exactly. a letdown. Yep. Thanks, Shane. Yep. Because the now I'm like thinking the about the yep. commercial uh, that of the Tron bike lighting up, seen it for the first time, but now it's not going to be the first time. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't get to have the aha, that's a Tron yeah, bike. Exactly, moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the moment <laughs> that's, exactly. oh. Uh, kind of hey, you never me. know. This, this could be an elaborate <laughs> plan. They could have something even better. What? Or they could have nothing at all. It, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Well, it could be an elaborate plan, Shane, but there's that old phrase, old phrase or saying that uh, when it could be a conspiracy or a cock-up, it's nearly always a cock-up. But, <laughs> but we'll see. It was a very, very odd way for it to come out, I must say. But that doesn't take away from the fact that all three of us have voted its principal features a big hit, and we're very excited about it, and I can't wait to see it for real. Okay, let's move on now, but only a bit, because we're still firmly in Trombike territory. It's like the Trombike show this week. Let's meet a dude who said, I want a Trombike, and I want it in a week. Well, welcome to the Zwickcast to Teppo Lario. Hey, Teppo. Hey, thank you for having me. To win the Trombike, uh, as I as I know only too well, uh, you have to climb 50,000 metres, uh, so in the free trial period, which is seven days, that worked out something over 7,000 vertical metres a day 
one day you went up Alpe Zwift five times. Did that hurt? Uh, actually, I went it up seven times, five times. Yeah, five times uh, before the race. I had this little race. I raced it up on the sixth time and seventh time hurt a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it did. How many sets of gloves did you get, fella? Uh, I think I got four gloves and three helmets, I think. No wheels. No, nobody gets those wheels. Um, for the for the sort of nerdy element of Zwift, um, they'll be interested to know what trainer difficulty setting you were on. I think, and I think you were on around about eighty percent. Why why choose that? I don't have the gearing for climbing at the moment. I have thirty six twenty eight, and I knew that I need my knees. Uh, because the premium league is starting soon so i need my knees and the grinding ain't the way to do it you need your knees everyone needs their knees um so 50 hours or just a little over 50 hours riding to do 50,000 meters you completed in it a week um huge congratulations and you lost you lost two kilos in the process i i'm not a heavyweight so that's uh kind of big problem for me doing these long events or challenges because I don't afford losing that much weight much weight I ate I slept I rode and still lost the weight yeah no it's a lot did you sweat a lot yeah uh it's not like race sweat it's just like losing a bit every hour what was the hardest bit Teppo? which was the bit you you hated uh, when you start uh, it's really hard to go easy enough and on the like fifth or sixth day or the last day it's tough to start because you are already hurting and you know it's going to be seven day uh, seven hour ride left so that's mentally tough I'm mentally tough on the last days and mentally tough on first day but the couple of days in between it is really fun and interesting <laughs> yeah fun and interesting are not the two words that spring to my mind to describe this challenge challenge i have to say i mean definitely inspiring but uh yeah it's not something i would i would ever consider i have to say rather you than me dude rather you than me um well listen c congratulations a final question do you think do you think this could be beaten do you think you could get the tron bike in a shorter time than seven days sure uh you can take day off not easy but not having to work or deliver uh, bikes to customers and all that you can get it faster take day or two off from the time a day or two off from the time well that, that you know uh, uh, somebody in the world of Zwift will probably hear this and probably have the idea to do it so uh... yeah I hope I don't have to do it. So. I'm definitely not going to do it. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, a, a huge congratulations on uh, on that challenge. Uh, you're obviously a very, very fit guy and very good luck for the racing season ahead. Thanks. Excellent work, that. Uh, no, I'm not, before you ask. <laughs> you're listening to the Zwiftcast. Okay, it's January and it must be Tour de Zwift, established now as the preeminent mass participation event on the platform. Thousands will ride it, me amongst them, and who always brightens up the worst month of the year, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. I'm not a fan of January, but I am a fan of the Tour de Zwift. Now, boys, in some quarters, 
HQ were accused of being a bit Scrooge-like over the holidays. There was no Christmas jersey, as there has been in previous years, and no New Year's top hat either. Uh, personally, I couldn't give a flying fig, as these things hold literally zero appeal for me. But others do care, and there was a bit of comment about it. Do we care? Do we care? Oh, I don't, as previously established. Uh, see above. Shane, do you? Do you care? I miss the little like flickering lights in the trees on Watopia for Christmas. I wanted to see those. I was a bit sad they weren't there. You do sound um, like I was also riding outdoors a lot. But... <laughs> uh, do these kind of silly outfits float your boat, Nathan? Uh, the first time. And then I'm like, well, could we do something a little bit different this year? <laughs> like, could like, can we add other things? I don't know. So, I mean, you know, to just copy and paste, it's kind of cool when it's something new, but I, I would like to see around different holidays throughout the year, like celebrating cultures is pretty cool and throwing stuff into the game is pretty cool for that. So most other games do do this. Um, and, uh, usually there's lots of skins around it. Also other games are making lots of money on it though, too. And since, uh, that is not, um, something that currently exists in Zwift in any way whatsoever. Uh, we're not purchasing things to get skins or anything like that. There isn't really any return on it other than um, making some fun little creative stuff. So it'd be cool to have something little. Um, but uh, yeah, I miss it a little bit. You miss them a little bit. Shame little you miss them a lot. Not, it's I not a big them. deal. Like, whatever. Yeah, I just go deal. race my bike still. You're out of bed, Simon. Two from three. Yep, two from three. It's you fun, though. Like, when you, <laughs> it is something to talk about with other Zwifters or, you know, but because it's the same thing over and over again, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah we're yeah. going to talk about this. No, there's nothing. Like, so. Well, maybe maybe with a year off, they'll think we won't notice next year when it's the same thing. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. More Zwiftiness. There's so much Zwiftiness in this podcast. I can't tell you. Okay, Zwifters. This this sounds uh, exciting, and it kind of is. But first of all, you need to find a very, very big lid and use that to place firmly on your excitement because this is a very, very slow rollout. But the news is we have a new home screen. Not to be confused with a new UI for in-game, this is a screen after the pairing screen. I'll pop a screenshot into Zwiftcast listeners so you can see it. But in essence, this is now the place where you decide how you are going to Zwift. So you can choose which Zwift world, you can access your garage for virtual kits, you can see and build workouts, all completely redesigned. And on my testing, it's super easy to navigate, loads more detail. And, and that leads me on to the, perhaps for me, the best of all of the <clears throat> features is you can access pace partners and events, group rides and all that stuff. And on the latter, on events, there's now a load of space for a ton of detail about what it is that you are about to choose. Uh, it's a good job, is this? It's, it, 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 it's, it's very well designed, so much more space, very intu intuitive to use. However... Uh, HQ have been very, very cautious about rolling this out. Uh, for now, it's selected users only and uh, Windows users only at that. <clears throat> Excuse me. It'll be extended in stages. Mac OS testing, for example, has just started in-house, but we're told the whole process could take months. Yes, months. This is, by design, a super slow rollout. Um, so that lid I talked about, you really, really do need to go and find it. However, it would eventually be great. I like it a lot. Uh, and I know my colleagues have been using it. Um, 
It's rather strangely asked us not to opinionate. Um, we, we sort of changed our mind on that, I, I think, a bit, Shane. I, I think we're allowed to opinionate a bit. They'd, they'd rather we inform, but I think we'll inform and opinionate a bit. Um, the, the thing to keep top of mind when using this setup is click and scroll, I think. There's like a ton of stuff that's clickable that wasn't before for detail. And scrolling down, there's like a hidden kingdom of all kinds of loveliness, mainly mainly in events. It's It's... It's a good thing, Shane, I think, isn't it? These things? Good? <laughs> yeah, actually it is. It's actually very, very welcome. <laughs> a couple of people listening there would have been like, oh, God, what's he going to say? Uh, look, you can tell that there's a lot of time and thought being put into this, hence the very slow rollout too. Mm. You know, they're making sure the the user experience and what people do, I'm sure there's analytics going on like nothing else in the back end of how people are using Zwift, um, both new users, old users, uh, different demographics. There's going to be lots and lots of data pulled from this of how it's being used. Um, what you can tell though, is the modular design of it allows for further expansion. The Zwift yeah. screens we have at the moment have not changed since 2012. If you go right back to John Mayfield's testing thing, they're still the same screens we're using. This is almost 10 years. What you can see with this new one, what's evident to me with the first few clicks is, oh, that three world tab, there's more space for more worlds. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, is yeah, guest yeah. world going to disappear soon? Like that's, this is all very possible. Also within the configuration options where there's, you know, turn off pain effect. Yes, always turn off the pain effect. Yeah. Um, train and difficulty. They still call it train and difficulty, unfortunately. Yeah. That's all very modular. You can scroll down through that. It looks like it's not limited to screen space. So uh, it's, what it is different. When I first saw it, I looked at it and I paused and I went, where do I even click? It took one click through everything to- And then um, you know you know where you are. Exactly, to recalibrate yeah. where I needed to yeah. go for things because yeah. it's been, I mean, how many years have we, we've been using Zwift? <laughs> lots and lots and lots. It's just where I go instinctively. Yeah. But it was sort of one click through everything uh, and based on the detail that you see, um, it's just, it's more intuitive, but existing users might struggle for that first or second time to use it, I think. Well, I uh, think- New yeah, users would be I very think, interesting. Yeah. As you said, you know, if in doubt, click. I mean, that's always the yep. case, isn't it? Unless you happen to work in a in a nuclear weapon test firing facility, <laughs> generally by clicking on something, you know, you can find out what it does. Uh, Nathan, uh, without over-opinionating, which I know you'd never, ever, ever do, um, do, do you like it? Yeah, I actually uh, like it a, a lot. Once I started interacting with it, you know what I think? I think new users will jump into it easier than old users. Cause like I get in here yep, and I'm like, yep. where's the stuff I would wait, huh? And I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, trying to yeah. figure out how I used to do things with this. Um, so yeah, I, I do like that. There's a lot of ability for expansion. Um, it does push me a little bit too much toward what, like, like a curated experience in some ways I feel like, Hey, I, I want to find, the place I want to go a, a little bit more. I know but, what um, you mean. Uh, yeah, you feel like you're being kind of steered towards packages. In, in, yeah, in, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I really yeah. want to be steered toward yeah. a package. I kind of want to know more about the world inside of Zwift yeah. and what I'm going to explore. So what I would suggest is you go to routes and you click on them and you see, you know, I like it how they tell the effort for what the route is. I thought that was really cool about how long it'll take you, what the distances on each one of these worlds. And you can see which ones you've completed now really easily. I mean, that was a gripe. And the badges. For how long the badges for the badges. Exactly. It's yeah. so yeah. great. Uh, the workouts though, 
uh, don't give me four places because I use workout mode for specifically to get badges when I have new badges a lot of times and it's just giving me four suggestions. It's like I have to like keep going back in to try and find the one that I want to do. So that was a yeah, little yeah. bit, but uh, then my only feedback that would be slightly negative, but uh, you know, always giving more customization options within a um, easily clickable through. And my, like you guys said, click is the thing. Like just go ahead and click through and it'll if actually have, bring up doubt. more info. Like if I love the doubt. little mini map that yeah. comes across. There's these really cool little mini maps that show you now everything that's yeah. actually from the companion app, I think. Uh, so really cool to see. If in doubt, click. bit frustrating for the listeners this really because, it, because you know, it, it is going out to... Uh, selected people, but but not that many and, and not that fast. So it is a bit frustrating for listeners, so I'm going to curtail this discussion here. But but th- there are good things coming down the line here, listeners. This is a really good redesign, and I think, I, think, uh, I think people will like it when they get to see it. Okay, moving on. This eventually, I think, also will be a good thing, but as it's configured at the moment, it's causing a little consternation. So there's a little pop-up in game which says connection failure, um, it's there to alert Zwifters to, well, <laughs> a connection failure. I mean, that could be anything from your heart rate belt to your smart trainer. And it's a super useful service because we all hate dropouts and connection issues. And despite everything, they remain a big bugbear for the platform and for tech support. Now, the problem is, at least as far as I can work out, if your connection failure is like transitory, it only happens for, you know, a moment or two, or, or if it's fixed in some way, the pop-up, stays up as far as I can work out, which is kind of worrying and confusing. And I've seen posts that say that I've got this weird connection failure when I know everything's connected and I'm worried about it. And I can understand people saying that. I mean, I guess most Swifters will just kind of ride that out, but it just sort of sows seeds of doubt about your equipment and nobody wants that. Do we know what's going on here, Shane? Is this just an early version that's got a, that's not quite configured properly yet? Uh, my connection here, I make sure they're pretty good. So I've only seen it a few times, but mm-hmm. the one part, one scenario where it popped up and stayed up is when I had a heart rate monitor paired and the heart rate monitor stopped halfway through. So I've just taken the heart rate monitor off and just thrown it to the side. And then, yeah, it always said connection failure or yeah. something because there was a sensor that it wasn't connecting to. Uh, look, it's interesting to know more information, but because it doesn't solve a problem, it can be a little yeah. bit... Yeah. Um, uh, exactly. It just cause more problems than it actually solves. If you mm. press G on the keyboard and show the graph like you get in uh, in freeride mode, like you get for workout mode, so G on the keyboard or show the graph in the little touch bar or something like that as you're freeriding or with Coco Cadence or someone, you'll see when you have dropouts, your heart rate will go down or your power will drop. Well, most of the time, you know when you've got issues that need to be addressed. These will, This will detect smaller issues that sometimes if your heart rate drops out for two or three beats, it's not too bad. So... Mm. Uh, I'm 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 50-50 on this one. It's nice to know when there's problems, but if there's problems, it's also nice to know how to solve them and exactly what the problem is with. Um, yeah, that's where good, the Swiftalizer comes into. Yeah, good idea. Not 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 quite there yet. I mean, Nathan, you can imagine if you're lining up in the pens, all gassed up and ready to go, and you get a little pop up that says connection failure, about to start a race. That's uh, that's going to throw you off your stride a bit. <laughs> you end up pushing A and it's already taken off. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you end up trying to mess with, but I mean, I don't know. Like if you do start getting that, it, it is a good signal to say, Hey, something's going wrong and you might need to swap something out quickly. Uh, I wonder if it would pick up on batteries dying easier or not. Like on 
power meters and things like that. It's a great feature to add. It does maybe change it up a little bit, like what connection failed. Yeah, which one has gone <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. What yeah. has yeah. failed? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise yeah. you could really freak out. Yep, uh, work to do on that. I think, like I say, I think eventually it will be good. Uh, the best thing in the world ever, ever, ever for helping find and fix connection problems, of course, is the Zwiftalizer tool developed by uh, Mike Honey. It's recently been hugely overhauled and it's now much, much betterer, to use the technical term. Time for a catch up with Mike. Welcome to the Zwiftcast, Mike Honey, owner, developer. I've been probably about five other. 55 other words uh, that would describe your relationship with that most magnificent of tools, the Zwiftalyzer. Hi, Mike. Hello, Simon. Uh, big shout out from Eric Min um, on the on the Facebook groups the other day, uh, saying what an incredibly useful tool Zwiftalyzer was. Did that, that come as a surprise to you? Uh, yes, it, it did. I, I did not know that it was anywhere near Eric Min's radar. Oh, he knows everything. Of course, he was quite right too. I mean, it is a fantastically useful tool. For the the three new listeners um, who have no idea what a Zwiftalyzer is, uh, Mike, just in 20 seconds, tell us what it is and what it does, and then we'll move on to the all-new, all-singing, all-dancing version. Yeah, so Zwiftalyzer.com is a service that allows people to read their log files and view the data it contains in a hopefully uh, easy to understand way. It's free to use and you access it through a web browser. And basically, if if you're dropping out a lot or you've got connection problems or just your Swift is not working very well, uh, the Zwiftalyzer will give you like a ton of clues as to where the problem may lie, won't it? Yeah, it's really, hopefully, it's just a tool, but it can accelerate or you know shortcut that troubleshooting process. A few weeks ago, relaunched, all new. How has it been improved, Mike? I am a software developer uh, as my profession. I'm not as hands-on as I used to be. It, it allows me to stay closer to the tech that I, I, that I work with in my job and I sell. The UDP network information is now included in the log file. And I'm able to show that as a chart underneath the graphics performance chart. Or to put it in other words, um, many people think that to get the best performance out of the graphics part of Zwift, you need a high-end GPU and any old CPU. That's not quite true. You, you do need a fairly powerful CPU as well. I don't know whether you want to disclose numbers or traffic or whether we you even keep tally of how many people use the service but but what, what what's the nature of the feedback you get from people everything i see is always relentlessly positive it's tens of thousands of people who are using it a, m- a month that's a real surprise to me if you look at why it's because really the underlying problems ant plus and bluetooth connectivity they're still there how how do you keep the show on the road mike i mean i, I i'm imagining that, that there are costs attached do, do people donate or? Uh, to be able to bring back those benchmark reports, which shows uh, under different conditions now, what sort of performance you can expect out of a CPU and GPU combination. I need to process that data on, let's say, the server side. And yes, there are costs associated with that. So you may have noticed in the 2.0, there's a sponsor me type link. And Eric Min was the first person to sponsor the site so that that's tremendous I, I really appreciate that the way i build it now uh, a few people know this is it, it, quite funny i do it all on a laptop while i'm sitting in the car 
picking up my daughter from dance class. <laughs> A real glimpse behind the curtain there. Well, listen, Mike, it is an absolutely wonderful community resource. It's been around a long time. I'm sure an awful lot of people will be very, very pleased to see 2.0 uh, with, with, with its many, many additional features, way too many to list here. Um, there's a very good piece you wrote on Zwift Insider, which uh, uh, for those who want to go down the rabbit hole, there is uh, there is more than ample information there. Uh, so on behalf of the community, uh, you know, thank you for Zwiftalizer. It's uh, it saved a lot of people a lot of angst, and um, I'm sure 2.0 is going to continue to do that good work. Uh, it's my, my pleasure, Simon. Thank you. You're listening to the Zwiftcast. Oh, this is dead straightforward, really, Nathan, isn't it? This should be just like Swift Power. Swift need to compensate uh, the admirable Mr. Honey, uh, take Swiftalizer in-house and use it in their tech support all the time. Uh, I mean, it, it, it vies with Swift Power as pretty much the most useful third-party tool that's ever been created, so Swift really ought to own it. Surely, Nathan, surely. Sure. So what's Don't the first thing you hear? <laughs> what <laughs> what is the first thing you hear when you say I had this problem? Send your log file. Log files. <laughs> That's the first thing you always hear from Zwift support is send your log files to a person who's going to go and manage it this and then maybe get back to you. So I mean, there's just this reality that you could have the users, you know, skipping that CS. And I mean, uh why are we not doing this? You know, why is there this amazing, really just cut so much time out. And uh, if a user themselves can manage something and not have to be on the phone frustrated with you directly, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, As Mike was saying there, Shane, I mean, connection problems, they're, they're kind of always with us, aren't they? They never seem to go away. I guess they probably always will be given the multiplicity of environments and platforms on which Zwift operates. So, we're always going to need a Zwiftalizer, aren't we? Of some some description, and shouldn't that really now just be kind of part of the Zwift tech support service? Well, it, uh, it might already be there. It might already yeah. operate <laughs> perfectly independently of Zwift too. There's a lot of flexibility of being independent um, of the service like that. So, look, we're always going to need it as it uses as Zwift uses. Um, peripherals that are wireless external to the platform. Um, and we're using what I would call legacy protocols like Ant Plus and Bluetooth. These things are very, very old technology and they're susceptible to interference. Uh, when things moved over to IP connections or something else, um, maybe we'll need it less, but we'll still need connection diagnostics. Yeah. So it's always going to be, it's always going to be part of the platform. Uh, you can't escape yeah. it. Yeah, give Mike some money, Swift, and just take it in house. Uh, or maybe he doesn't want that. Who knows? Who am I? You know, who am I to to put these deals together, not knowing anything about what either party wants? But anyway, it, it would seem to be the obvious thing. Okay, more Swifty bits. God, there's so much Swiftiness in this podcast. It's going to last for about an hour and a half, but never mind. Uh, you can always listen to it in bits. Um, more Swifty bits. At the risk of embarrassing CEO Eric Min, which I don't like to go to, um, he did promise a long time, long, long, long time ago. I think almost two years to the day, actually, that sandbagging in racing was going to be addressed. Um, this has caused me a little embarrassment because I posted his um, his views as urgent news that he was going to fix it. And somebody has revived that post from the Zwift eventing <laughs> area. And every day somebody else adds a gift to it, which drives it to the top of the feed in the eventing <laughs> area. And... Uh, 
Yeah, I, I didn't mean it to be fake news. I was just reporting faithfully what the Swift chief executive officer had told me. Anyway, there was a pandemic in between, so, you know, maybe we can forgive them. Um, anyway, towards the end of February, we do now have a series of tests aimed at at least beginning to stamp out the evil practice of sandbagging that causes so much discontent and dissatisfaction with Swift as a racing platform. This is a limited, not radical, but it is something. And this is what it is straight from HQ. This is their words. Three to seven days of single events with relatively easy courses with the explicit goal of testing the beginning, testing the beginning of broader race rules, starting with drumroll category enforcement. In other words, putting a floor on categories you can join below a set minimum based on power curve data. Now, a bit dense that actually, but uh, basically this is a start, Nathan, isn't it? And a move towards auto-categorization and a move towards snumping out sandbagging. It's a start. Yeah, uh, it is a start. You know, how far do you want to go with this? I think that's, you know, I can play, I'm just comparing to other games. I can play to a certain level in a competitive environment with other users who want to push themselves, you know, and they're, they're entering this arena, they're entering this level and they know they're entering this level. They know they're probably going to be in and over their head a little bit. So, you know, how much do we want to limit things? I think it comes down to like the expectation, right? When you get into an E category event, you know what you're walking into. It's going to be no holds barred. Everybody's doing whatever they want. TDZ, you know, there's going to be a group way off the front. There's going to be this group I'm hanging out with, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. If I walk in with the right expectation that here's the floor and I know from here up is available, uh, I know there's going to, you know, or, or here's the ceiling, you know, and I know from here up is limited, you know, and I think that uh, is, is great as long as it's communicated and enforced. That's the thing is, is whether or not there is enforcement. Uh, we've seen ZRL extremely successful uh, AutoCAD system seems to be working there. We've had little bits of complaints, but uh, WTRL is is doing this in the community already. And um, we wouldn't be surprised if some of these conversations are directly around watching what's happening there. Yeah. yeah. It's a start, and it, it's very welcome to see. And I, yeah, there's a lot of cynicism from 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 opponents of some sandbagging who, who are all reasonable people, it has to be said. Nobody, nobody supports sandbaggers, but... There is some cynicism around around this, um, so we're just going to have to wait and see and, and and see if this produces something that which will then allow them to move on to the next stage quicker, which will be a bit a bit more strict. I think. I think some people see this as, as still still too lenient, but you know, the <clears throat> they point out that um, you know they've got a lot to learn, and it, this is a difficult problem to solve. I mean, and it is actually. It's it's not an easy problem to solve. Shane, let me ask you a question. In the days when you were a uh, leading uh, national competitive cyclist and you had your skin suit on, you had completed your pre-race nutrition, you'd done your warm-up, you were on the line ready to do, I don't know, 25 miles CT or something, and your head was in the right place, your body was honed, your bike was lubricated, you had made all the preparations, you'd been looking forward to this event for a long time, and somebody removed the road from in front of you, how would you feel? 
Uh, remove the road entirely. Yes, so they just took it away. It just disappeared. There were just a took, yawning chasm. Took the road uh, away. A blackness, a void, an empty space, nothing. I'd be a little confused um, and a little frustrated and I'd be caffeinated. So I'd be wondering, had I taken too much caffeine prior to that race? You're being very restrained. I, th- I, I, I think there would have been some four less or worse, to say the least. Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, I quoted a, a completely unlikely to happen real life example, but unfortunately this this was what happened, Nathan, wasn't it? In um, Not to everybody, but to some com- Competitors and participants in the first ZRL series, they were all gassed up and ready to race. And they couldn't get in the pens. Um, Unfortunate, actually, you've got to say, unfortunate. It is, yeah. I mean, prior to recording, I was talking about some experiences where I wasn't able to show up to a team time trial and how much I felt like, oh, man, failed the team. I didn't get my workout in. But it was like a one-off to that night. And I was frustrated. I didn't get to see the result that I was a part of at the end of the night. I knew our result wasn't as good as it could have been, you know, and that was just me having a technical issue here or a dropout or my internet went out, who knows what. Um, That's happened a couple of times and it was, it was on my end. Now this though, you have a situation where 2000 to 3000 Zwifters, let's divide that. How many people are on a team? What is it? Six. So that's a lot of teams when, and there's a lot of organization. And if you just look at the page, the, the Facebook pages, how many much recruiting conversations, I mean, just the time that's gone into organizing, hyping this up, showing up for the first race, we're going to get this season and nothing happened. You know, like it's not just a single individual, it's whole teams with a lot of time investment. So it's, it is sad. And uh, they have said, okay, we're going to null these races. Uh, and then just for those specific uh, zones that were not able to go off, they're going to have seven races instead of eight. Um, I'm not sure what the best solution is. I actually haven't thought a ton about what the best solution would be in that situation. I'm not the race organizer. But do, but we, do we know what went wrong, Nathan? The do events, we know what went wrong it looks race? like they just couldn't get into the events. It sounds like, and I'm not, I'm. this is conjecture, okay? But if it sounds like the events... Tipped, tipped over that the ability to get into these events stopped existing. Um, and so if that maybe, I don't know how it works, but from what that sounds like, it sounds like the game kept functioning, but the events themselves were not there, which means they're two kind of separate things a little bit in some sort of way. And whatever that is that was managing those just stopped working. It sounds like, so I don't know though. That's my conjecture, but, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of frustrated ZLL racers. During that specific, it kicked off amazingly. Otherwise, it was Miyokio. I need to, on a positive note, that was one of the best race weeks we have ever seen. Hands down. Different result right. every single time throughout every zone that we covered in the broadcast. There was a different story to be told. The racers kept on making the race. There was a lot of opportunity for it. And big shout out to Charlie and Martin for how they set up that first points race. Cause it was one of the best points races I've ever seen when it comes to an opener uh, on that in Yokio. It's just too bad that this one had happened though uh, amongst it. And it's a popularity thing. So, I mean, it's kind of this, okay, good. That comes with some bad. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, you know, ZRL has been an an undoubted and immense success. I mean, I think it's got so many people racing who would never have thought to have done so before. 
And, it, you know, it's just the place to go if you want to raise. But I do feel an awful lot of empathy for those who are you know, all gassed up, you know, all dressed up and no place to go. There's nothing worse. It's 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 a terrible feeling. Um, and, uh, yeah. There's probably need, some pretty need, mad yeah. Discord discussion. I could just think about being in that Discord and everybody can't get in. You're all looking at each other like, what the heck? You probably, yeah. there's, yeah, think about those environments at that moment. So, yeah, that's not that's not good. No, no, no. They need to get it fixed. Okay, we're nearly we're nearly there. We're nearly there, listeners. Uh, and these marathons with cast, but there's so much swiftness. And here's a little bit more. Towards the end of January, finally, we're going to start seeing some serious action in the club functionality arena. There's lots and lots and lots happening, and I could very briefly summarise, but I'm almost sick of the sound of my own voice, so I'm sure listeners are getting a bit sick of the sound of my voice. I'm going to ask you to explain this one, Shane. Can you briefly summarise what club members and club owners will be able to do? Not all of them, but there will be quite a big rollout, quite a big constituency over the next couple of weeks. What what, what we're going to see from clubs in summary soon? Well, we can stop giving heat for Zwift uh, or to Zwift in the venting area for not releasing functionality because clubs is here. Woohoo! The timeline is evolving and it's it's rolling out. Okay, so clubs, if you're a level twenty or above rider, or I believe is a level ten plus runner, you can create your own club. You will be able to create your own club again. Slow rollout. Um, so the functionality is coming to everybody who is of those levels soon. But a few people will have it already. I have access to it. I have a GP Llama Club. Uh, you can invite people into your club. I believe there's a limit of 100 people who can join clubs at the moment. You can be a member of up to three clubs. Again, this is just really brief overview. Yeah. But the biggest thing and the key of what you can do with this is you can create your own real events. Now, I'm not talking park yourself on the side of Watopia and all start at the, a certain time and have different timings and things. No, these are true event pen events that you can, wait for it, send out a link to anybody, even people who aren't members of the club, you can make sure that anybody can join your events and you can host your own rides or races. It This is the game changer that we've been waiting for. It's slowly rolling out. It's limited in features and functionality at the moment, but that in a nutshell, you can create your own clubs. If you tick all the boxes, you can create your own true events to start in the start pens. You can assign ride leaders, sweeps, change the attributes of the ride, such as distance and time and things like that, even show results at the end. Now, I don't think there's any official link to Zwift Power at the moment for the hardcore races, but you can have a little results thing show up at the end. So for a club like mine here, the Ballarat Cycling Club, I may be assigned the virtual event manager for the club. So if it's rained out, I can quickly spin up an event, send the link out to people, and they can hold their criteriums that night on Zwift. Game changer. Um, it, I can't wait to see what the community do with this. It's going to be fantastic. It empowers the people to do awesome things with Swift, as as the community have in the past, and, and why things like the Swiftalizer exists and um, why we exist as content creators. Um, so this is this is huge. This is absolutely huge. I don't think it's going to be it's sort of going to hit with a bang. It's going to sort of slowly yeah. ramp up as it rolls out. But the ability to create events, true events, start pen events, have results, invite anybody, not just club members, 
It's and 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 do that on a, a, a link. Just uh, you just send somebody a link. They don't have to sign up. They don't have to find you on Swift or follow you yeah. and all that confusing. Now this also yeah. just works yeah. too because I had access to this. I think ooh, was it a few days after Neokio came out, and within half an hour of getting access to create a club, I had early access. I created my club. I invited uh, a few a few people to I knew as members. I had two or three members. I sent out a link on Twitter. And within 45 minutes, I had my own ride. And people joined that ride. We rode the event. We got the route badge. It worked. Oh, I actually sent a thanks message to the people who got me involved internally at Swift there, um, got me testing that. And I just said, guys, this works. Well done. Well done. Big, 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 big. I mean, it's rolling out at kind of evolutionary pace, Nathan, but it's a revolutionary uh, thing this i mean you don't have to spend too long thinking about it to to to, to see some of the, the the like super obvious implications but then as shane said the community will start doing stuff with it i mean do you think this is is we hate the word game changer on 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 the cast but you know <laughs> but is it is it is it as big as, as shane thinks it's going to be community enhancer i think uh rather than game changer, what it'll change is the way that the community can do things together that build camaraderie, that build investment into, you know, everything that we value around, you know, cycling to social type of stuff. Well, you got to go do the things together. And if you can't organize the things yourself, then you are beholden to figuring out ways to go to someone else's thing. And this whole time, it's always been Swift's things that you had to go be a part of. Now you can go make your own things. Uh, and because you can do that, you can then bring all of that in real life uh, connection. And then as well as meeting up with virtual connection to do your own uh, investment into your exercise with your buddies. And that's going to build a lot of awesome clubs and culture together and a lot of friendships. And I think it's uh, a great community enhancer rather than game changers, what I'd say. Yeah. I think one of the most interesting aspects is how this will uh, blur the boundaries between real life and virtual life cycling. So let, let me just spin up an example you know, there's a <clears throat> there's a Thursday chain gang, uh, and there's you know consistently twenty five or thirty riders on it, and you look at the weather forecast and it's a six pm start, and there is a monsoon predicted for five forty five. So uh, you know the ride leader will say, "Okay, guys, uh, we're moving this to we're moving it to Swift. Here's the link," and it's no more complicated than that, is it? You know, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> as Shane said, that would just work. Um, you know, and I, I, we've discussed this, Shane, I think you can now see like cycling clubs having a proper, proper virtual section. So, you know, if you've got a cycling yep. club website, you'll see, you know, road, TT, mountain, and then you'll see a tab that says virtual because it's going to be like so easy to 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 spin up events for for people who want to do them. Now, what's going to be very, very interesting with this is the sandbagging slash performance categorization. Because if you're racing people, a smaller group of people who you know in real life, if you've got a C grade rider smashing it in A grade, something's up with yeah. that. And that's going to be able to be placed at a micro yeah. level. So a lot better. So 
this, yeah, puts the power back to the people um, and back to the clubs and, again, just sort of enhances their cycling uh, breadth, I guess you'd call it. Um, yeah, I, this is going to be super cool. I can't wait to see what clubs do with this. We may not even see what clubs do with this because they'll be able to be off on their own little corner of the internet doing their own thing. Like, I'm not sure. There's a million clubs in the UK. I don't see what they're up to, but I'm sure they're going to be start, use, you know, start to use this as their tool, as their, you know, their Tuesday night, Thursday night ride replacement if need be or a regular Wednesday night ride, something like that, um, we'll never see it. But it'll just continue to sort of roll on and uh, give people other opportunities to spend more time on the bike and uh, give them options. This is going to be super cool. I, I can't wait to see how you know, the report's back out in the field of uh, how people use this yeah. tool. We don't have precise dates, but we've been kind of guided to suggest that an, you know quite a good number of people are going to see this by the end of January. So, uh, again, come into the podcast listeners and tell us of your experience with this um, when you mm. get to hear it. Okay, so I'm exhausted. There's been so much swiftiness in this in this show that I'm, I'm like I say, I'm kind of sick of the sound of my own voice. Um, Shane, uh, we'll wrap up here, but I notice on your socials, have you given up road riding? Are you now an exclusively a gravel rider? <laughs> People ask that all the time. There's so much crossover between road and gravel when it comes to technology. I can still use the same head units, the same uh, GP, uh, yeah, GPS head units, uh, the same power meters. It's, it's got drop bars. Uh, the Varia radar still works and there's just no cars. Yeah. My average ride now, the Varia radar just is not bugged at all. I can go for 90 minutes and the, the radar doesn't even beep. It is brilliant. And there are so many more roads. However, having said that, I did the Festi 500, I think mostly on my road bike because it's just so much <laughs> faster. It, it, you get a few kilometers per hour yeah. and you can get home sooner. I'm still waiting for the, the car-free aspect of gravel yeah. is, I mean, I find it increasingly, oh, increasingly appealing. And that, and it's certainly not not so much in the UK, but when I'm in uh, when I'm in Girona, the, I mean the gravel network there is just mind-bogglingly big, and that whole you know doing a two-hour, three-hour ride and literally not seeing a single car. I mean the only traffic jam I come across in Girona is goats or sheep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, we have sheep here too. Yeah, yeah. And there's just something about that. Can you? Is there much? Car free riding. I mean, you're obviously our heritage, Nathan, is 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 off road largely. I mean, is there a good car free network when it's not minus nine million in uh, in in your part of the world? <laughs> yeah, if you aim at it, uh, we've got some pretty awesome roads actually out here. Uh, Tour of America's Dairyland's here for. Uh, we call it that, even though it is downtown crits in a lot of places. But one of the things that was really a part of the cycling culture when these teams would come here is the Saturday morning ride or the visiting pro teams. They would always comment that because of the dairy farms and the need for these farms to get the resources to the towns, the yeah. municipalities then invested a ton in making nice roads to each and every single farm. And there's so many of them that we have all of these beautiful back roads then that have been pretty well maintained over the years, even though a lot of these farms are getting sold off and turned into uh, these suburbs and stuff like that. Well, there are actual whole nonprofits that are out there looking to protect those lands actually. So we do have some pretty awesome uh, rides even that are like tour of the barns and stuff like that that are benefits for those kinds of things specifically for, uh, you know, well, that's for cycling, but other ways of preserving those uh, those areas. So, yeah, definitely long. <laughs> As you say, I don't always give a long explanation. Well, there's your not long, long explanation. 
Car free riding is good riding. Okay, that really is it. Um, uh, One final question to each of you. Shane, if we only watch one video on GP Llama this week, which one should we watch? Oh, probably steer clear of my latest live stream where somebody asked about uh, the Novak Dokovic situation. Yeah. And I, I was watching that. I was actually so watching that. Terms. <laughs> I was like, because I was on the tour and was with you. I was like, whoo, Shane. Oh, whoa, whoa. Shane wants to fight. Time to fight. Oh, just having... I had to give a two-year-old a rat test and stick a thing up his nose that traumatized him and the poor little guy can't be vaccinated and here we have this. Anyhow, I won't go into the detail. Anyway, Simon, I do have a question before we go though. That calculator you were loading on your phone, was that so you could calculate how many metres you had to the Tron bike? Shall we move on? Nathan, (laughs) if if we only watch one race this week uh, that you're commentating on, which one should it be? I do not want to show favoritism because they're all so amazing. Okay. I mean, the EMEA has been super exciting, but Anna, I'm going to give a lot of props to Anna Russell and Kate Bates because Anna has taken over productions of APAC. She's fully independent now running that on ZCL and is doing an amazing job. Go check out Anna and Kate Bates with the APAC stream. Uh, It's super exciting what they're up to there. And uh, great to see that, uh, you know, really, really proud of everything that they've done and uh, really cool to have them running stuff over there. EMEA has been a lot of fun as well um, and is our largest viewership a lot of times. Um, But uh, the APAC is is where it's at with the ladies having, and they always are hilarious. They are absolutely hilarious. Good recommendation. Go, go. Go, go look at it, people. Go look at it. Okay, that's it. That is it. This is going to be a long one, but uh, we, there's a lot in it, actually, a lot in it, the first one of 2022. Thank you very much indeed, boys. It's been emotional, uh, first one of 2022, and uh, uh, entertaining and uh, amusing for us as ever. Let's hope the listeners feel the same way. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Nathan. Goodbye. See ya. Cheers, guys. Well, if you made it this far in one go, you must have used plenty of chamois cream. Thanks very much indeed for listening. And uh, just the usual reminder, we're ever so grateful for Zwift's support. They help to keep the podcast on air and running. But it's us who decide what goes in the Zwiftcast, not Zwift. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.